I'm Tommy Salmons. This is Year Zero. Yeah, this is the strangest fucking election cycle I have ever seen in my life. Um, you know, when you look at Trump's agenda for 2020, 2021 and beyond, whatever, his second term, it looks a lot like, uh, I don't know, early 1900s progressive platform. He talks about the environment, the oceans, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, if you think it's important, it's important, but there's a lot of garbledy goop in there. Can't really determine what he's talking about. But I don't really want to talk about what Trump's running on. I kind of want to talk about how both sides are playing this election against each other. And the only reason I want to talk about it is because it kind of falls into my wheelhouse. There's a lot of talk about coups and, and color revolutions and the things, the things of that sort. And I love reading about the CIA's, you know, uh, use overseas, how they uh, use color revolutions and coups in order to overthrow regimes and install puppet dictators and uh, puppet regimes. And so that's kind of what I want to look at today. And there's so much material on this that it's 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 almost strange to look at. I want to start with this Nation article called Is Trump Planning a Coup d'Etat? And what is this? It's called Is Trump Planning a coup d'etat, and this says many observers, including Republicans, worry that he is. They're organizing now to stop him. This is by Victor Waz, J-U-H-A-S-Z. Oh, no, that's what the illustration is by. Oh, this is by Sasha Abramsky. Abramsky, is that a Russian? It might be a Russian got to be careful. I might be reading Russian propaganda. <clears throat> this summer, shortly after scores of camo-wearing, heavily armed federal agents descended on Portland, Oregon to attack protesters, Charles Freed, Ronald Reagan's solicitor general, pondered the implications of what he was seeing on the streets. What he saw scared him. He remembered the use of paramilitaries by fascist leaders in 1930s Europe, where he was born, and he feared he was now witnessing a slide into paramilitarism in the United States. His family fled the Nazi occupation of Czechoslovakia. Freed felt that President Trump was using the Department of Homeland Security and other government agencies in a way that was very menacing. You might as well put brown shirts on them. It's a very bad thing. 
Now, me and Josh Childress talked about this, and I agree that the use of DHS and uh, it was a special forces unit of DHS used in this process was intimidating. And it was meant to be intimidating because people within these cities are being intimidated. And so it's as I had warned about, if you're going to keep upping the ante and you're going to keep increasing your violence, then the federal government is going to meet you with violence. And you're not going to like it. And they didn't like it. They hated it. They fucking despised it. And though I didn't like it myself, I at least could step back and say, well, I mean, it was easy to see coming. But their little chicken shit response was just as obvious. You knew they were going to cry like little bitches and run for the hills saying, oh, my God. Can you believe what 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 the Donald Trump just did? He's we told you he's a fascist. He's not a fascist. Trump has no ideology. He's not an ideologue. He hasn't read any fascist literature. He's not a fascist. He may have despotic tendencies, dictatorial tendencies. I'll agree with that. He's a CEO of a company who he's used to making all the final decisions. He's not used to checks and balances. Okay, like we can agree on that. But he's not a fascist. He doesn't have any ideology. He's a guy who looks at all these problems as a, as a business owner. And he said, how do I run the country like a business? Make it turn a profit. And operate smoothly. Now, he's doing a horrible job at the profit thing. And if you want to hit him on that, go for it. Hit him on the amount of money he's spending, the amount of deficit he's run up each month, how much, how much debt he's running up. Hit him on that. He's not turning a profit. He said he was going to pay off the debt. He hasn't gotten anywhere near starting to pay it off. Instead, he's added, what, like $10 trillion to it or something like that? You want to hit him on something, hit him on that. You want to hit him on being, you know, uh, not ending the genocide in Yemen, hit him on that. But just screaming fascist, obnoxiously, like, okay, nobody buys this. Okay? But let's see if we can find an argument for a coup d'etat. The next paragraph begins, A Harvard Law School professor who still counts himself as a Republican and a board member of groups such as the Campaign Legal Center, Checks and Balances, and Republicans for the Rule of Law, Freed has grown increasingly worried in recent months about Trump's willingness to stir chaos and violence as an electoral strategy in the run-up to November's vote and about the willingness of his attorney general, 
William Barr, to burn the country's democratic institutions to the ground to preserve this administration's hold on power. Like earlier authoritarians, Trump could, freed fears, utilize agents, provocateurs, getting right-wing people to infiltrate left-oriented and by and large peaceful demonstrations to turn them violent to thereby justify intervention. Oh, so he could do what Bill Clinton did or what Barack Obama did, those real far-right wing dictators, those fascists, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. Is that, I mean, that's what we're saying? Or George, H, or George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush. So he can do what every other president before that him has done, is, is what the complaint is. Freed, a student of history who chooses his words carefully, has concluded that Trump and his team are cer- certainly racist, contemptuous of ordinary democratic and con- constitutional norms, and they believe their cause, their interests, are really the interests of the nation, and therefore anything that keeps them in power is in the national interest. Does that make you a fascist? It kind of looks that way, doesn't it? So he's FDR. Yeah. Stack the courts, do whatever you got to do. Get your shit passed. So so now Trump's FDR. I don't see your argument here. I mean, I, I can continue to read this fucking nonsense. But your 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 next argument is Michael Steele, a formal, former chair of the Republican National Committee, has come to share Freed's conviction that Trump is a threat to the republic. Although Steele believes the Trump cult is more about naked political opportunism than any grand fascist ideology, okay, I can kind of agree with that, Steele bitterly resents Trump's takeover of the GOP, as do all establishment Republicans. What, what conservatives always called rhinos, Republican in name only. Those people hate the populism of Trump. They absolutely do. That's nothing new. Is this some, are we reading something here that's supposed to shock us to our core? No, all this stuff is pretty fucking obvious. You don't like what Donald Trump has done as far as real back the American intervention in the world, around the world. You don't like him talking about pulling troops out of Germany. You don't like him talking about pulling troops out of Afghanistan. You don't like any of this stuff. You don't like that he doesn't believe in a hegemonic nation, I mean, a, a world built on, on American hegemony. He doesn't believe in that, and you don't like that, because that's exactly what you neocons believe in. So, obviously, you don't like that. Steele goes on. Uh, the, uh, the, The paragraph on Steele goes on. He feels that Trump and his acolytes are trying to drive genuine Republicans out of their political home. Oh, kind of like, kind of like libertarians feel like libertarians are driving libertarians out of the libertarian political home. This is just, 
this is all bullshit. <laughs> it's just a bunch of bullshit. Who cares? If you don't like what he's doing, then start a new fucking party. If you don't like that that Republicans have embraced Donald Trump, then start a new fucking party. One of the biggest complaints most people have is that you only get two choices. So, build third, fourth, fifth, and sixth choices. Why does it have to be a binary? Uh, still... Still pointlessly puts it, I come into your house and shit on the carpet. I tear down your drapes, write on your walls, offend the people who live in the house. Do you leave or kick my ass out? I don't know anyone who leaves their house without a fight. What kind of America, what kind of country do you want? What kind of leader do you want? What kind of bullshit is this? Suddenly, the Republican Party is the equivalent of your humble abode like is this where you lay your head at night is this what you work day and night for to take care of the republican party well i would hate to see what your house looks like if all your energies are pointed to the republican party being the your home I mean, these people are fucking pathetic, man. Statists are fucking the worst. I swear to God. They are the worst. Uh, Well, here's... Okay, so here still says how the coup is being laid down. He's laying down the predicate, taking shots at vote by mail. The mail system sucks. It's always sucked. Could we vote by FedEx? How about vote by Gmail? Vote by Twitter? Vote by Facebook? The mail system is horrible. It's inefficient. It always has been. I don't get, like, my wife doesn't get half of her paperwork from the immigration that's supposed to be coming through the mail system. We've missed several appointments over the last three years because we're not getting our mail. So, yeah, voting by mail sucks. It's a stupid idea. It's a fucking ridiculous idea. Especially since Fauci says that, hey, yeah, go ahead. You can vote in person. It's safe. If you can riot in the streets, why can't you vote in person? Like, that don't make any sense. I mean, that gets back to the whole fucking, there was this whole list of things I had found. (laughs) It had said that, being in a crowded city streets is safer than going to the beach. I still don't understand how the fuck that's possible. But that's their argument. Because they're trying to give these rioters and protesters an out. And show their support for the rioters and protesters. But they don't want you to go to the beach and enjoy yourself. And they don't want you to vote in person. Why, why are they so against voting in person? Okay, and so, and since he's afraid of the fraud that voting by mail could cause, uh, he says he like, and therefore it's likely he won't accept the results of the election. Yada yada yada. Not, 
I haven't not any evidence of an actual coup, just Trump saying stupid shit like Trump says. Okay, so then we go move on to counterpunch. Counterpunch: The specter of a fascist coup by Trump haunts the U.S., but there's worse to worry about. All right, spreading faster than COVID-19 among those on the port side. Warnings of a fascist-style coup by Trump are rampant this presidential campaign season. Should Trump fail to carry the Electoral College, Noam Chomsky admonishes he could send black shirts out in the streets. Oh, now are they black shirts? First they were brown shirts, now they're black shirts. When do they wear yellow shirts? How about gray shirts? Could we have gray shirts representing the gray market? Preparation for a plan to try to bring the military in to carry out something which would amount to a military coup. Okay, of course, yes, you want to bring the military in, but as I've shown you in the past, the top brass of the military, they don't like Donald Trump. The Alexander Vindmans, the Stanley McChrystals do not like Donald Trump. They don't. They don't want anything to do with this guy. They don't want to carry out his foreign policy. They do everything they can to fight back against his his non-interventionism instincts. Yet, you're worried about a military coup? A New York Times columnist opines, put nothing past Trump. Not even the destruction of the American electoral process. Oh, like the electoral college that the, the left wants to get rid of? That, that's what you're worried about him destroying? The thing that you hate so much? Because it's not a direct democracy? <sighs> Robert Wiseman, president of Public Citizen, explains that Trump's election delay threat is a coup in the making. His... Election delay threat. Oh, you're talking about when Trump said, okay, if we can't vote in person, we'll put off the election a a couple of weeks or a month until we can figure out how to do it in person? Is that what you're talking about? Because that's what I heard him say. Economist Jack Rasmus speculates Trump will call for his radical right, gun-toting friends to come to Washington to surround and protect the White House. Sorry, that just makes me laugh. His radical right. Those radical right-wingers. They're so scary. All 200 of them. The left World Socialist website joins the liberal chorus in an act unprecedented in American history. Donald Trump has repudiated the Constitution and is attempting to establish a presidential dictatorship supported by the military police, and far-right fascistic militia acting under his command. Where, where are you getting this? Like, where does this come from? You just say these things and it makes it so? This is why you can't take the left seriously. They just say things. If you ask me, the conservatives, the right, they have a much better fucking idea or not idea but conspiracy theory going around the election I'll get to that in a minute 
And the reason it's so good is so much better and so much more believable is because they actually use history and Democrats' own words to to show what it is that they're at they're saying. Meanwhile, in the real world, more than 51 million Americans have filed for unemployment since March. Some 27 million have lost their health insurance on top of around 30 million who were uninsured before in the face of the massive pandemic. Yeah, it's because people were fucking shutting down the economy. Everything got shut down. How can you afford, you couldn't afford to have any of this stuff. Oh, but with modern monetary theory, you could. Because the government can just print the money and pay for the shit that way, right? And then, you know, future generations are stuck with the bill. But that's just another story. The Federal Reserve has pumped $7 trillion into corporate bonds, municipal securities, loans and grants to business, while millions are going hungry. Okay, yes, we understand the Federal Reserve is a fucking shit show. The Federal Reserve exists to bail out corporations and other and banks and the wealthy. They are not there to help the those impoverished. And to think that you are going to get your grubby little socialist hands on the Federal Reserve and make it do your bidding is a fucking just a lucid dream. You are just having wet dreams. That's it. That's, that's all there is to it. The Federal Reserve is a bank run by bankers, for bankers, and corporate interests. It is not for your pleasure. It is not for your benefit. It has never been for your benefit, and it has never been for your pleasure. You are never going to get your grubby little socialist hands on this bank and print the amount of money that you want to hand out to you and your non-working buddies. It's just not happening, dude. It's not going to happen. And still, you've yet to prove to me in any way, shape, or form that Trump has done anything other than say mean words. And those mean words mean he's a fascist. Gonna gonna execute a fascist coup. No, dude. Those mean words means he knows how to push your fucking buttons. That's what it means. And that's why he does it. And that's why his supporters support him. You fucking idiots. It's been four fucking years and you cannot figure out why the people that support Donald Trump support Donald Trump. But they've gone around for four years saying it. Own the libs. And yeah, you're a socialist little douchebag. But these fucking morons think you're a liberal. That's what it's all about. And it's funny. It's funny watching you react. And it's funny listening to him talk. It's fucking hilarious. And maybe it's even funnier because I have nothing invested in this shit. Not a fucking thing. Okay. So that's the left wing fucking conspiracy theory that Trump and the military and fascistic militia militia and police are planning a coup d'etat. All right, man. You can go back and listen to the episode I did on fucking 
Ukraine and all that nonsense and uh, how much the military brass and those in uh, the the DSA and all those guys fucking hate Trump. I mean, seriously, just fucking despise him. Uh, I, I I don't I don't think it's any secret that the that the top level FBI and CIA are at war with Trump, at, with Trump. Right? It's not a secret. They got six ways from Sunday to get back at you, right? Okay, so that's part. Okay, so that gets me into the conservative conspiracy theory. I'm not going to cover it in grave detail because I still don't quite buy it. But I'm going to explain to you exactly what they're saying. You know, I'm going to explain to you what they're saying, what their argumentation is, their reasoning is, and how they're justifying this. I'm not going to get into the weeds of all the names and all the people and yada, yada, yada. I don't, it's not that important as far as I'm concerned, because I think I have a different thoughts on it. And I'll, I'll explain to you at the end what, what those thoughts are. But so let's get into what the conservative media, and this is when I say conservative media, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Beck, Dan Bongino, um, are saying that the left, including George Soros, which is possible, is that they are in the midst of organizing a color revolution. Now, this is much more believable than what I just read you. What I just read you is just a bunch of horse shit, man. Like, it, it, I only read that so I could make fun of those fucking people and just show you that it's not just conservatives coming up with all this, like, wonky fucking um, conspiracy ideas. And that um, there's something more sinister going on at this point in time that I think points to possible, possibly something else happening behind the scenes other than either the Trump administration or the left uh, or, or the Democrats, however you want to put it, um, organizing a coup or a, a revolution of any sort. But the conservative uh, media have more of an argument. Their, their argument's a little bit more complex. It's a little bit more tied down into reality and into history and how things are operating. Okay, so you could you can go to the Wall Street Journal. And again, I'm not getting into these articles because there's so much here. I'm just going to break this down for you. I'm just going to tell you what is being said. So you can go to the Wall Street Journal and you can find an article um, from, I don't know, about a month ago or something like that, about George Soros and his investing money into DAs, district attorneys, in many of these cities, Portland, um, Seattle, uh, I think it was 
Philadelphia. It was either Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. I think it was Philadelphia. Um, yeah, because it was the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer um, had, had a story about it as well. Um, Chicago, Chicago Sun Times has a story about it. Um, so this is something that is happening. George Soros um, and and his foundations are investing money into these district attorneys. Now, what the conservatives have had to do is they've had to admit that the State Department uses color revolutions all around the world in order to overthrow regimes that they don't like. Now, they try to paint it as just a Democrat thing, obviously, because they don't want to you know, sell themselves down the river for all the evil nonsense that they've been involved in and that they've justified. But they're obviously trying to sell it as, well, this started under Obama. That's basically what you're getting from them. They're talking about the, the Arab Spring. They're talking about the uh, color revolution in, in Ukraine and then in Europe. And they just kind of, in Europe. They don't talk about prior to 2011, whenever, as I had talked to you about on the Ukrainian episode, whenever USAID uh, open, open, uh, what was it? Uh, open, f- oh, what is it? Oh, I can't think of the name of that fucking foundation. Um, and, and the Tides Foundation were uh, operating in in Russia, trying to uh, have a, uh, you know, they had the snow revolution, which was unsuccessful. And that's when Soros was kicked out of Russia. He was not no longer allowed to go back to Russia. But, you know, he had the, the orange revolution in, in the Ukraine. And this was done on behalf of the State Department with the CIA funneling money to George Soros. And now you have Stanley McChrystal also coming out talking about that he doesn't want to see uh, Trump take office or reelected. And as we had discussed in uh, the the episode I did about MK Ultra and the and the digital age that the McChrystal group is also contracted to the CIA. So all these, what they're doing is they're pointing through Soros and McChrystal. They're saying, okay, these guys have these contacts and they do these things with the CIA all around the world. So what we're going to do is we are going to show that this, uh, Open Society Foundation that George Soros is running. That's one I couldn't remember a while ago. Um, Tides Foundation, the McChrystal Group, USAID are all involved here locally as well, um, as well as the McChrystal Group in recruiting these district attorneys, which is why these rioters aren't having charges pressed against them. And they're getting off scot-free with, with, uh, without serving jail time 
which is why Trump had to then turn around and uh, deputize the Oregon State Police into the federal marshals so that they could carry out federal uh, charges against these state actors that because the district attorneys weren't pressing charges on these particular people, right? And so this is, so now you have the district attorneys on the side of the rioters and you have the rioters, you know, being, it's insinuated and, and possibly receiving some money from someone to fly across the country and move across the country. But that's not the, the end-all, be-all of a color revolution, right? So now you have the situation where Hillary Clinton came out and she said, no matter what happens, don't, don't concede. Now, I think what she was saying was because of the vote by mail, votes are going to be flooding in, you know, for possibly weeks after the election because uh, they're saying something like 80 million people are expected to vote by mail. Well, I mean, how much is that going to slow down the postal system? 80 million people voting by mail. So from what I was understanding, what she was saying was don't concede until every vote is tallied and we have, you know, definite, you know, numbers in. That's kind of the way I took it. And I hate to give Hillary Clinton the benefit of the doubt because I really do hate the bitch. But I, I don't know. I, I got to be honest. I don't think there was much more there than that. But what the conservatives are trying to say, well, she see, she said don't concede. Which means that she's telling Biden, we got something up our sleeves and we're going to take care of you and we're going to make sure you're going to win. And so now she's involved, right? So you got to have this contested election going on. Then riots explode all over the place. Then the normies get involved and they demand resolution to this problem. And the only resolution that's going to solve the problem and in the in the color revolution is giving Biden the presidency. So now all the normies that are freaking out and in their homes and experiencing the rioting and the protesting and this and the other demand that Biden is the president and Trump gets run out of there on a rail. Okay, that's kind of what they're expecting to happen. That's kind of what the conservatives are saying. This is what's going to happen. So you got to get out there and vote. You got to get out there and you got to do this and you got to do that. And you can't don't engage in violence because they're just going to blame you, which is probably true. But yada, 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 you know, and, and, but you're getting this whole fear mongering campaign about this is a color revolution. This is a color revolution. And it's. Because it is set up with such a good background, such a such a history, and many of the people that were involved in the Obama administration are involved in combating the Trump administration, 
it makes it look like they're just connecting dots. And they may be. Maybe I'm just like just off in my own little world looking at them like you're just as fucking crazy as the next guy. But what I what one thing they're not doing is they're not tying it back to the CIA. Not specifically. They're not bringing the State Department into it. They're not a, being accusatory towards them. Even though that every time that Soros and McChrystal have been involved in these kind of operations, they have been receiving financing from the State Department in order to carry out these operations. So is the State Department actively attempting a color revolution on American soil to overthrow the President of the United States? Is the President of the United States actively engaged in a coup to become a presidential dictator, as they said. I don't think any, any either case is extremely true. I don't think there's enough evidence to say without a sh- beyond a shadow of a doubt that either case is absolutely 100% true. I give a fascist coup, Trump's coup d'etat attempt about a 12% chance of, of being legit. And the conservative color revolution idea I would say 48% chance that it's actually what's going on. Yeah, my guess. I mean, that's just me. Just me. The reason I say that is because I never have bought the idea that Operation Mockingbird went away. I never bought the idea that in 1973 the CIA stopped operating within the media. And then in 2012 with the NDAA as I pointed out they allow for propaganda through the media, through the United States media. And if you ask me, the reason that the country is as divided as it is, it's because the media is as divided as it is, that the media is driving a wedge further and further between average citizens, pushing them further and further apart. 
Now, I don't think they're being pushed into extremes. I don't. I just think they're they've hollowed out the commonality and just separated the crowd in order to drive a big-ass fucking tank of authoritarianism right down their throats. Because there's one thing certain. Donald Trump will not be president forever. Whether he loses in this November or he loses another November. There will be another Barack Obama, another George Bush, another Bill Clinton, another George H.W. Bush. There will be another CIA puppet in office. See, everybody's looking at the coming election as the end game. This is just a speed bump as far as these guys are concerned. They're playing the long game. They don't give a shit. They don't need Trump out of office. They need you fighting your neighbor over whether or not Trump should be out of office. So I think the CIA, the intelligence agencies, those with the real power, those that really pull the strings, the Pentagon, the FBI, are planting these stories, planting these ideas into the public mind in order to further wedge the two sides against each other in order to make room for that giant tank that they are going to drive right up the center of the crowd in order to keep the peace because all the commonality has been hollowed out of this country. That's what I think. I think the COVID pandemic has proven to them that Americans are easier than ever to control and that this is the perfect opportunity to further divide them just like they have been divided on whether or not COVID is deadly or not. And so by taking a strong stance one way or the other, that it is a color revolution or that it is a fascist coup, they get what they want either way. And by getting Soros to prop up a couple of people, getting Stanley McChrystal out there running his mouth, it does everything they need it, need it to do to appear 
as if there's a color revolution taking place. Because the right is a little bit harder to convince on these things. Number one, conservatives don't want to believe that the State Department is involved in these kind of activities. They would deny it until the day they died. It's an odd time when conservative media comes out and demonizes State Department activities in overthrowing unfriendly regimes to the United States. But you have people planning stories in Axios saying that it could be months. It may appear the night of the election that Trump's going to win, but it could be months before all the votes are tallied. Who's benefiting from this? That's all you have to ask. Who benefits? Who's always there? Who can you not vote out? Whose power is always increasing? The intelligence agencies, the State Department, the Pentagon. They're never losing power. Yeah, the courts come out and say, yeah, okay, what Edward Snowden revealed y'all were doing was illegal. Okay, but we already stopped doing that. Yeah, because they found another way. They found a more secretive way that we haven't found out about yet. And it's probably worse, probably more intrusive. Might have something to do with Cambridge Analytica. Who knows? But see, those people never lose power. The intelligence agencies, the State Department, the Pentagon, their power is always on the rise. It's never being taken away from them. Even after the church committee hearings, they didn't lose any power. They were embarrassed. Well, so that they just classified everything. Well, much of the classification is so they don't experience embarrassment. They can't be embarrassed if nobody knows. So when the world makes you think that there actually is a color revolution or an actual fascist coup d'etat taking place, I think it's neither. I think this is a long game. And everybody's looking short term. And the only people that are benefiting from any of this are the permanent bureaucracies and the intelligence agencies in the State Department that always benefit from a panicked public. Doug Stanhope said the other day that 2020 is the new uh, 9-11. I think he's right. They turned one crisis into another, into another, into another, into another. Every day, you're supposed to be terrified of something. Every day, the world's going to end. 
Trump is the Mujahideen. No, COVID is Al-Qaeda. The, the economy is ISIS. We have terror wars going on all around us. All these invisible terrorists all around us. We're all going to die. And who benefits? Not us. Not Trump. Not Biden. Biden didn't even know what the fuck's going on. He's completely clueless. He's like, what, are, what, are, what color? Can, can I pick the color? Yeah, it's like, ugh. Anyway, that's what I think's going on. That's my take on the whole situation. I think it's an intentional misinformation campaign to drive a wedge further into the American psyche and divide the country even more so that those with the permanent power the permanent government, the deep state, may continue to increase their power without drawing attention to themselves. So, yeah, might make sense, might not. My thoughts, my takes, just from my experience seeing all these things work, that's what I take from this. So, I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.